What is up, brothers and sisters in this big world? Hey, I hope you're having a great day. I appreciate you listening to The Mitch Gray Show. I am your host, the former, uh, the, the previously mentioned Mitch Gray. Um, make sure you like us on social media, M Gray Media, M-G-R-A-Y Media. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't mind. And if you know other people that like listening to podcasts, uh, have them check us out. We're on all kinds of platforms uh, for podcasting. And if you know someone that doesn't listen to podcasts but needs some inspiration, then, I don't know, lend them your phone or computer or whatever to listen to the podcast. Deal? Cool. Um, if you do that, I will send you a $1 bill or a free CD. <laughs> you get to choose. Um, on the music front, we've got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, we don't really tour that much this time of year. Um, kind of a good t- time to stay home with family, to work on some new music, which we are in fact doing. Got a new album project um, that I'm in the middle of working on called the Legacy Album. And uh, really hoping to have it out by the end of the year, but we will see. Um, and then in January, February, we'll start working on our new full band album. Uh, that album is going to be, uh, the name of that album will be unveiled very soon. We'll start some teaser marketing and stuff. Check out the website, mitchgray.me, M-I-T-C-H-G-R-A-Y.me. Uh, you can go to the store there to buy some cool merch and to buy our albums, or you can download our music anywhere music is found. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll be doing an acoustic show in Taos, New Mexico on the 8th and 9th of December. So if you're happening to be in Taos, New Mexico on vacation or skiing or whatever, they've got great skiing up there. Um, yeah, come by the Adobe Inn or the Adobe Bar at the Historic Taos Inn on the 8th and 9th of December. Be playing some music there acoustically. We always end the year uh, with, with a couple of shows there. We've done that. This will be our third year in a row. Cool little place. We just love playing there. They've treated us real well for a long time. Um, got a great fan base up there, so it'll be a fun time. December 8th and 9th in Taos, New Mexico. Um, if you are a part of a group, organization, church, whatever, that would like some inspiration on some cool stuff, um, I am starting to book speaking engagements for the year of 2018. Um, even if you just want me to come to your city and gather a group of friends in a living room or a library or whatever, um, I would love to come and just visit a little bit about how we can really impact the world uh, with love and goodness and community and just coming together. So again, If you're just a random person that loves the podcast and you'd like us to come to Dallas, Texas, or San Diego, California, or, or, you know, wherever, I don't care where it is, we'll try and make it happen. So contact us um, either through social media, uh, mgraymedia, or mitchgray.me. You can check out there, and, and there's a contact page there as well. So cool. Okay, enough of that. It is time for Wisdom Wednesday, which we love to do. I've got a great book selection for you, especially if you just enjoy exploring creative ideas, making some money on the side. Um, If you've got a brain full of ideas, which most of us do, and you would like to try and do something with those, this is the book for you. I'm actually in the middle of this book, so I'm referring something to you that I'm literally in the middle of reading and practicing and putting into play. It's a book called Side Hustle. Uh, by a gentleman named Chris Gillibo. I think I pronounced that properly. I tried to do my homework on that. Um, It's G-U-I-L-L-E-B-E-A-U. I had never heard of this guy before. I was in the bookstore the other day, saw the book. It's got a real cool yellow and red cover. 
The subtitle is From Idea to Income in 27 Days. But come to find out, this guy is a young guy, but he is a multi, um, uh, multiple-time New York Times best-selling author. Like his last three or four books have been been uh, best-selling books, and I think this is also um, that way as well. I actually mentioned this book on my social media the other day and um, had quite a few likes and comments. So please go check out Side Hustle by Chris Gillibo. Um, I think you will enjoy it, especially if you're an idealist. If you're trying to get out of debt, if you've got an extra bill to pay, hey, it's it's the end of November, beginning of December. Maybe you're trying to make a little extra money to do some Christmas shopping for your family and friends. This would be a great book for you to read to turn some of that stuff in your house, maybe you know, into a one-time sell or maybe something ongoing. He tells some great stories in this book of real people in real cities all over the world who have turned an interest or an idea uh, into a side hustle, creating part-time income, some of them creating full-time income. So check out his book. You can find it digitally or if you're like me and just love reading the actual physical book. There's something about a smell of a book that I tried reading digitally for a while and it just didn't work. Like there's something about the touch and feel and smell and I've got notes already all in this book and I've got pages dog-eared and I just love referring back to a book after a while and then when I get tired of reading it, there's something about giving that book to someone else. I've probably given away literally hundreds of books because there's just something about turning that uh, revelation into someone else's revelation or potential ideas. So, Go buy the book. Yeah, it's a great book, and it'll be worth every cent, I promise. Side Hustle, Wisdom Wednesday, cool. Okay, we're in the middle of a series called The Life Tree, and um, you can go back and listen to the other two uh, previous chapters. Uh, Chapter one was Roots, Developing Your Identity and Following Your Compass. Chapter two was Community. And now today for The Life Tree, Chapter three. Ah, one of my favorite subjects in life. And honestly, this subject is is actually pretty new to me from this perspective. It's not new to me from the idea of, we actually talk about this a lot, just in different words and terms and definitions. But, But this topic in this specific word with this definition in this way is fairly new to me, meaning it's been a few years since I uh, first discovered this. And so, you know, it's new to my life. It's a couple of years old. And so life, the life tree chapter three, by the way, if I'm going to come to your city and talk, I would love to come to your city and gather 15 to 20 people or even 10 in a living room or somewhere and talk about the life tree. That would be really, really cool. So let's just make a deal. Someone, anyone listening to this podcast, at some point in time, contact me, okay? M. Gray Media, M-G-R-A-Y Media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Contact me, DM me, and let's set up a time in your town where you'll gather some people you know and love. Not a big deal. Like I said, it could be 10 to 12 people. I don't care. And I would just love and come to discuss the life tree, Okay. Let's do that. Someone, anyone, deal, someone, get that done. Okay, so the Life Tree Chapter 3 is today, and here's the word, mindfulness. That's one word, mindfulness. 
I was introduced to the term mindfulness and the perception of mindfulness a few years ago when my buddy Scott Knauer, uh, one of my best friends in life, who I talk about a lot and will continue to talk about, he'll probably be on the show someday, um, my buddy Scott Knauer invited me and, and, and basically told me I didn't have a choice uh, to go on a, a Zen Buddhist uh, meditation retreat. A Zen Buddhist meditation retreat. Now, let me, let me uh, remind you, I, I at that time didn't know a whole lot about Buddhism or Zen. Really, the best thing I knew about Zen is what my buddy Scott told me and what I read from Phil Jackson, the ex-NBA coach, right? Who was like super known for Zen stuff, like Zen philosophies and coaching. So I'd studied Phil Jackson for a while, number one, because my favorite team in high school was the Chicago Bulls, basically because A, they dominated, and B, they had the greatest basketball player to ever lace up shoes uh, and put, and put and dribble a ball, Michael Jordan, who was my favorite player of all time. And if he's not your favorite player of all time, we have a, you know, a situation here. So I studied Phil Jackson because of his success. And what I learned a little bit from Phil Jackson was a lot of his Zen philosophies, Man, I, I grew up in like, you know, conservative, small town, Christian America. Zen was like a way foreign word to us, right? No one knew what Zen was. They just knew they were afraid of it. <laughs> and as we talked about in the last episode, the reason they were afraid of it is because they were ignorant of it. So I knew Zen from reading about Phil Jackson, and I knew Zen from my, my friend Scott, and I really knew very little about Buddhism. And, and so my buddy Scott is telling me, man, we're going on this Zen Buddhist retreat. And I'm like, okay, bro, you know, I'm open to learning pretty much anything because I think we can learn from anything. I'm like, hey, it's going to be a cool, uh, you know, a really cool experience. And it was, by the way, I'll, I'll delve into that in a later episode. But one thing happened in, at this retreat, and that is they kept talking about this, this mindfulness word. And so then after that, of course, my curiosity, you know, I'm such a curious spirit. My curiosity was just raised beyond the sky. So I went out and bought a couple of uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who I've given him on our Wisdom Wednesday. By the way, buy anything Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, the, Zen, the, the, the Buddhist monk. So I went out and bought a couple of, of his books and read them, and he constantly talked about the art of mindfulness. And so I've fallen in love over the last few years about this idea of mindfulness, and I love exploring this idea. I love teaching about mindfulness. Um, I've even gone, gone so far as to take in a course and become, you know, quote, certified in mindfulness teaching, whatever that means, but other people like it, right? And so I don't get it right every day, obviously, no one does, but I'm loving this idea of swimming in the sea of mindfulness. And so the Life Tree Chapter 3 is just that, mindfulness. And so I love um, talking to people in theories of three or four. I think when we go beyond theories of three or four in a one setting uh, session, it's too much for the human mind to comprehend. So today I'm going to give you three perspectives of mindfulness that you can literally begin applying tonight. If you listen to this podcast, I am recording this at 8.13 Mountain Standard Time on uh, November 29th, so I'll post it in about an hour, and, and, and if you subscribe, you'll get the notification. So if you download and listen tonight or tomorrow or the next day or whatever, whatever the day is that you listen to this, you can literally start practicing these uh, uh, theories and thoughts of mindfulness, literally, now, this moment, okay? 
So the life tree, chapter three, mindfulness. Here's thought number one. Breath is home. Breath is home. This is a very uh, Zen teaching. It is a very uh, uh, thoughtful teaching. And think about this for a second. Now, I've not really read this part in a book. I've kind of taken the things I've learned about breathing in meditation and in uh, art forms, and I've kind of applied my own theology to it. Here's the interesting thing about breath. A, obviously, if you were not able to breathe, you would no longer exist. That is what we call dying. If you were no longer able to breathe, you would die. If you swallowed something and it went down the wrong, quote, windpipe, as they say, if it went, got caught in your windpipe, your breathing capacity would cease to exist. And if no one did the Heimlich maneuver or you weren't able to reach in and unclog that breath way, you would die because you would have no breath. Once you were conceived and inside of your mother's womb, you were able to attain oxygen from your mother as she also breathed in oxygen. As she took in the air around her, it fed your breathing. It gave, it fed you oxygen so that you could breathe. And then when you were born into the world, you were able to breathe on your own with no assistance any longer, hopefully, from your mother or from any other uh, machine that would help your breathing capacity. Now, unfortunately, tragically, some children are born in situations where they have to be hooked up to a machine and they have to be uh, aided in breath. Breath is the spark of life that without it, you can no longer exist. Thus, breath is home. Spiritually speaking, mentally speaking, emotionally speaking, if you can take the time to focus only on breath, they have literally done medical studies and, and researched people who do meditation on a continuous level. And what they have literally found is that people that learn to focus on breath, their heart rate calms, their blood flows more effective through their body, their blood pressure goes down, their digestive, di digestive system works more effectively. Their thinking is more clearer. Their brain activity is actually more calm. And they're actually able to work through and process things at a greater level. Why? Because breathing, my friends, is home. Think about it. If you can slow down and focus on breath, whether you are irritable 
or whether you are in a moment of competition or whether you're in a moment of high stress or whether you're about to give a presentation at that next meeting or whether you're reviewing that new business plan to start that new business or whether you're about to take that next test for the semester, if you can take a moment and focus on breath, everything comes back home. Try it. I dare you. It works. So the first thought of mindfulness is that breath is home. Breathe. It's that simple. Secondly, when I was at this Zen Buddhist retreat, my friend Scott and I stayed in this cabin. And when you walk into this cabin, there are these little sheets of paper that are sitting on your pillow. And this little sheet of paper is the same sheet of paper that is also tied to the handles of the closet. And it is also tied to the trash can. And it is also placed where when you first go turn on the faucet, you see it and so you can read it. And it's also placed on the lavatory of the commode. And it's also placed on the first towel on the pile of towels in the cabinet in the bathroom. And in generalization, this piece of paper simply says, we believe that doing our part in the universe is to never leave a trace. The art of no trace. The art of leaving nothing behind. Here's what it means. It means that when you leave a room or stay in someone's home or get out of your bed in the morning or to put your dishes up at night, what it means is you want to leave that area and that atmosphere as if no one was ever present. You you want to leave no work for the next person. You want to leave no trash for the next person. You want to leave no trace of anything. Why, you may ask? Let me tell you a story. This summer we were on tour, my awesome brothers in music, my bandmates and I, and we had this big debate after we were leaving our motel room. And the debate went something like this. I said, guys... We should make our bed before we leave. And one of my dear brothers in music said, Mitch, why would I make the bed? That's why they hire someone to come in and clean the bed. And I said, let me share with you the art of leaving no trace. I want to do everything I can to be involved in the redemptive process of humanity And that redemptive process calls for me to be a mindful person. And that mindfulness calls for me to do the best I can to A, leave things better than I found them, and B, make sure I do a good enough job of leaving things better than I found them so that the person that comes in from behind me or after me has less work to do so they can put their energies into something else. That is redemption. 
that I do a good enough job of leaving no trace so that the next person that comes behind me does a better job of leaving no trace and then the next person after them leaves no trace and pretty soon we're all able to put our energies into propelling things forward rather than redoing what someone else either didn't do or did poorly. My granddad used to always teach me, leave things better than you found them. In his words, in his way, in his definition, he was saying, Mitch, never leave a trace. Take enough pride and have enough mindfulness for the next person and have enough appreciation for this moment that you never leave a trace. So when I leave my motel room, I make my bed, just like I do at home. I don't leave trash. I take it with me. I make sure my towels, the used ones, are piled neatly in the bathroom in a corner so that the person that comes in to clean that room only has to bend over one time to pick up all those towels. I do my best to make sure the shower isn't a mess and that the shampoo bottles are on the floor. I want them either in the trash if they're used or never touch them if they're unused. I want to do all I can when I go to bed at night to make sure my dishes at my house are clean so that the next morning it's not a mess because I know that my wife doesn't like that. And so I tell my kids, make sure that you know the kitchen is cleaned up before you go to bed. Make sure your clothes are out for the next day. Now, it's not some uh, you know, egotistical or, or, or some uh, crazy idea, like, like, like legalistic idea where it's like, you have to do this. No, you don't have to. You don't have to clean your motel room when you leave. What, one of the justifications that another one of my band members said, he said, Mitch, if we clean the room, they don't have a job to do. Well, they still have a job to do, right? They still have to clean the room because that's kind of health code. So they still have a job to do. But if, that, if that's your, I'm not going to get mad at my band guys because they don't clean their motel room. But for me, The ultimate act of mindfulness and redemption is to leave no trace. To make sure that someone comes in after me and says, wow, I want to do that good of a job or even better. That is the ultimate idea of mindfulness. So think about how you might could leave no trace in life. No inkling that you were there before. And if there is an inkling that you were there before, that it's the inkling of, oh my goodness, This is amazing. My daughter, my youngest daughter, when we stay at a motel, she loves to leave notes for the person coming to clean the room. And she often leaves notes like this, Dear whoever, thank you for cleaning our room. It means a lot that you helped our family that way. I hope you have a great day. My daughter loves to leave a trace, but the trace is, inspiration, and encouragement, and love. If you choose to leave a trace, may it be one that propels someone else into deeper living. Okay, thought number three on mindfulness. Brothers and sisters, I hope that we can learn to walk like ninjas. (laughs) To walk like ninjas. Check this out. When my buddy Scott and I were at our Zen Buddhist retreat, there were those of us that had never been to a temple before or to meditate like that. And so there was a point in day two that they took us rookies to another temple 
And they taught us about their way of operation at that particular temple. Evidently, different temples, like different churches, like different cultures, like different tribes, they may be doing the same thing, but they have different ways of going about doing the same thing. This is how it is at Zen Buddhist temples. I didn't know that till now. Maybe you didn't either. There you go. So they took us rookies to another temple, and they taught us how to sit, and they taught us how to breathe. And they kind of taught us the things that are proper or, 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 or best practiced. But then they also taught us how to walk. How to walk. And it was this idea that when you walk, the outside middle of your foot hits first, and then your toes and your heel. And what it does is, number one, it's actually pretty pleasant on your foot to walk that way. And actually what it also does is when you're walking in the temple, it's almost like it's so silent. It's almost like you're floating. And I call it, yes, walking like a ninja, leaving no trace when you walk. And so it was amazing because then on the afternoon of day two, we did walking meditation in the temple. And what was crazy is there was about 30 of us there, and one of the most amazing things happened. Everyone had learned how to walk like a ninja, and so 30 people were walking, and you almost literally couldn't hear anyone walking because of mindfulness. So I got to thinking, because I'm the deep philosophical type guy, what if we learn to walk like ninjas physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally? What if we learn to just move about the world, serving one another, loving one another, never leaving a trace, constantly knowing that breath is home, and walking like a ninja? (laughs) Think about that for a second. If you could go to your job and think about the most stressful day at your workplace, if you could walk in focusing on breath, serving others, leaving not a trace, and if you did leave a trace, it was one of inspiration, and walking silently yet powerfully like a ninja, changing the game. Here's what would happen. First of all, it would change your presence and countenance in ways that would be undeniable. Second of all, it would change the atmosphere every time you walked in the room. There's this old teaching, it's a Hebrew teaching, that says when you walk into a room, you should speak peace over the room. Now, I literally know people that literally walk into a room and start trying to verbally speak peace, but no, 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 that's not what the teaching is about. What the teaching is about is mindfulness and walking like a ninja. Walk into a room and have such a presence of peace and silence that it's loud and it screams mindfulness. It will not only change you, brothers and sisters, but it will, but it will change everyone around you. The art of mindfulness. Brothers and sisters, may you know that breath is home and may you know that leaving No trace or a trace of inspiration is one of the most powerful things we can do. Okay, I want to bring the life tree to your city, so I'm going to wait on somebody. 
Follow me on social media, mgraymedia. Subscribe to the podcast, mitchgray.me. Contact me, DM me, and let's see if we can bring the life tree to your town, to your home, to your place. I'll even come, I'll even come for a lunch break at your business, and I'm not going to charge you a dime. We're going to make it happen. Contact me, DM me, but let's get this uh, ball rolling. Hey, make sure to download the album Diamonds and Whiskey uh, anywhere you download music. The new album's coming soon. Brothers and sisters, I hope you have a great day. Go check out the book Side Hustle. Uh, you will not regret it, I promise. And if you do, make sure to share that side hustle with me. I want to hear what's going on in the world. Have a great day, brothers and sisters. We will talk soon.